0: That becomes a really difficult admission at times because while we want to be living according to certain values, we also have to acknowledge right now I'm not. That doesn't mean we can't live according to the values that we aspire to live according to, but we also have to own what are we living according to.
1: Hi, welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I'm Victoria LeBlanc, your host, and this podcast was created to empower women to love themselves unconditionally, transform, and heal their anxious mindsets so that they can live a life of bliss. Now, in this episode, I invited a guest. Her name is Heidi Gruse, and she is a licensed psychotherapist and transformation strategist who specializes in working with burned-out entrepreneurs seeking a change in their lives. Whenever we were discussing about which topic we would talk about for this episode, we both decided on speaking about success because a lot of us out there may feel feel a bit of pressure on ourselves to live out to a certain expectation of another person's definition of success, right? We may look at images on the internet or even just watching TV and seeing all the glamorous lives of people striving for mansions and and Lamborghinis and all of the materialistic goods and we may think, oh, yeah, that, that is success, right? And so what we talk about today is how to really reclaim your own definition of success and, and really owning it <laughs> because it doesn't matter what anyone else believes, or it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about success. Your own definition is what matters, right? what you believe is successful is what is going to matter and so that you can feel more fulfilled in life have a more meaningful outlook on life and so a little bit more about Heidi she brings to her clients two decades of clinical and administrative experience in both private and corporate behavioral health settings Four of those years were spent running a multi-million dollar behavioral health program for the state of Connecticut that became a model for the rest of the United States. Through her multi-six-figure coaching business, she helps clients rapidly identify and overcome negative patterns of behaviors that hold them back from achieving their goals in business, health, and life. By shifting their mindset, her clients have been able to obtain much-deserved promotions, transition into different careers, create greater work-life balance, and improve their well-being. So I thought it would be just an honor to have her on the show today to really talk about success, right? And don't you worry, we are going to get right to it. But before we do, I would love to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, I would love to send my love, light, and gratitude to Heidi for being willing to come on the show today and use her voice to inspire, to uplift, and and I just loved learning everything today and, I, and I'm sure you have learned a lot today too. But as always, I love to share my key takeaway from every episode that I have a guest on the show. So... In today's episode, my one major biggest key takeaway, I would say, <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean to rhyme, but I rhymed there. For me, it was just an eye opener in the fact that values, values are meant to serve you in your highest good, right? They are there to guide you in the direction of life that is meaningful, that is feeling like you are fulfilled, right? When you are aligned to those values, it's something that we tend to forget. It's something that can be overlooked, but it is so, so valuable and so worth it to ask yourself those deeper questions of what truly matters to you, right? What is really, really important for you to actually live out and live according to as Heidi was saying because it's one thing choosing your list of values right and knowing what they are but it's a whole other actually making your decisions based off your values behaving based off your values because if you say oh I really really I think family is up there it's on my top top notch of values but then you never go and visit your family, you don't really carve out that time for family, you're going to feel misaligned, right? Something is going to feel disconnected. But until you put two and two together, until you think to yourself and reflect back on what truly matters to you and then really reflect on how you have been living out those values, then you can really start to fill in those those missing little Little nuggets, right? They they may feel like something is off, and that can really help you feel more aligned to your authentic truth and your an expression of yourself, the most authentic expression of yourself, right? So another thing that Heidi mentions too is that when choosing your values, you can look at all of the list of values that are on Pinterest, on Google, and feel like, oh, I'm going to choose this one because it looks pretty. It sounds pretty to the ear. But when you're choosing your list of values, you really should choose them based off of what is going to resonate with your soul. What is going to be authentic to you, truly, And everything that you have brought into your life so far and everything that you are pursuing to bring into your life is literally a match and a direct reflection of the kind of woman that you want to be, the kind of woman that you strive to be. And maybe even a little bit of a reflection of the models in your life, right? Those positive influences, then you're going to feel a lot more successful. And don't get me wrong here. Again, you're going to have your own definition of success, but when you're aligning to your values, that is going to be like a little, a clicker for you because you're not going to feel like something is missing, right? You're not going to feel like there's a little missing factor in your life. And and when you are dedicated and committed to your values and you just stand strong to your definition of success, you are going to feel on top of the world, my friend. So really just hold yourself to it. Hold yourself to your own voice, your own opinions for the matter of what success means to you, and you are just going to thank yourself and be so proud of who you are becoming. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see y'all in the next one. Bye. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I'm excited to have here with me here today, Heidi Gruss. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much. It is so nice to be here with you today.
1: Well, I'm so excited to have you here with me today. The first question that I have for you is, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has changed your life? One powerful lesson. And,
0: you know, there are so many lessons, right? But I think one thing that I'd really like to share is that personal development is not an event. It's a process. Right. So I think a lot of people look at, you know, they they take a, a self-help book or a personal growth book, right? And they look at these steps to take and they check all the boxes and you feel like okay i've done it i've completed all the steps except it's such a lived process right it's reliant on our experiences and our interactions and then our self-reflection to then increase our self-awareness right so i really look at it as a process not an event
1: wow I i love that intake on it because i feel like i mean there's so many different self-help books out there and self-help motivational speakers, all of that. And it's so easy to just be like, oh, you know, I listened to their one advice and tip and then it's one and done. When in actuality, it's implementing what they have to say, trying it out, seeing if it even resonates with you because everything that they advise may not actually work out for, for you as an individual. And then it's like an experience, as you say, an experimentation on on the things that truly do fit for you. Yeah, that. And I also think,
0: you know, we, we are who we are in this given moment. When you've accepted personal development or personal growth as a high value, you're living out this um, lifelong learning process. And so we have to accept that who we will be even three weeks from today is someone with more experience, more knowledge, more lived experience than who we are today. But we make our choices and we you know, interpret things as we see them today with what we know in this present moment. I'm sure you look back on your life 10 years ago, and think, oh my gosh, I had no idea, right? And that's great. That means there's been so much progress and growth in those 10 years. Well, we want to give ourselves that same grace in the present moment that we're doing the best we can with what we have. And yes, three weeks from now, or three months, or three years from now, when we're committed to personal growth, we should know more than we do in this present moment. That's the whole purpose and point.
1: Hmm. I love the evolution and evolvement process. That it, it it reminds me of of a butterfly when I think of personal growth, and and the meta- metamorphosis that the butterfly takes on is, is like I guess the stages of our growth. But it, it reminds me of that,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: it's just such a beautiful thing. And I think it's when you actually believe that change is possible for your life and you don't have to stay stuck in the same situations or same occurrences, then it's just so powerful that when you have that mindset shift of you can change your life and you can become really, really anything you want to be, the the possibilities are infinite. They are.
0: I agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: Percent. So I would love to dive into your personal development journey. Can you share a bit about that? Yeah,
0: I know this is going to sound bizarre. I'm good with it, though, really, because even as an adolescent, I can remember having these cassette tapes of Jack Canfield talking about building high self-esteem, right? And I thought they were like the most magnificent things to listen to. Looking back on it, right? It it was such simple messages. One of them was around you, you never really know the answer until you ask the question. And the worst that you're going to be told is no. Right? So it was really like framing, you know, having to go and initiate, you know, a difficult conversation or to advocate for something that was important to you. It's like the worst you're going to hear is no, right? We've all been told no before. And I, and I remember watching Oprah like every afternoon at 4 p.m. And I would feel so inspired listening to the, the stories that she was sharing of personal growth. And it really taught me of the human uh, capacity to overcome and transform, you know, very much what you were just saying. It, it introduced me to this idea of like, we are not defined by our current circumstance or the adversity or the trauma that we've gone through and it it became a belief of mine that people are capable of rising above whatever that circumstance or adversity is so now today i look i look forward and say often like there is a solution to every problem right and that is just ingrained in me i believe it i i repeat it aloud when, you know, unexpected things happen that throw us off course, because they do all the time. And it is that ingrained in me. And I think that's why knowing that I was just naturally interested in understanding how people grow, how people overcome, and even applying things in my own life. uh, It was, it was very natural for me to pursue my education and clinical license in psychotherapy where i've worked for the past you know two decades and and learning so much you know every time i meet a new client i have the opportunity to learn so much about change and growth and transformation so that's a little snapshot
1: yeah yeah, it really is incredible when you think about hearing other people's stories and how seeing how far they've come and not letting their stories, their past stories keep them stuck in a mindset of of lack or fear or overall like a victim mentality and and keeping them stuck where they are instead using using their stories to to make them stronger and overcome really whatever, whatever comes their way. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. I, but I would love to know, I know that we're talking about success today. What does success look like for you?
0: Yeah. So my definition of success has absolutely changed over time. I can remember um, being in high school, right. And I was thinking about, you know, I am going to go to college and I'm going to choose an industry to work in and and I'm going to earn a six-figure salary and I'm going to buy a house and, you know, do all the things. And those milestones were were like success markers for me. And now looking at, you know, my career path and I have a, a wonderful family and my husband and I, we've got three daughters and yes, we own a home and those those things to me, I, I mean, my family means everything to me, but the home and the, the successful business, I've got a, a clinical practice as well as a very uh, strong and rich coaching business. Those, those things are blessings in my life, but the success is that I really have the freedom to, to be able to make decisions and to be able to not feel limited by any circumstance that may come my way, right? So, you know, and part of that is having, you know, financial stability, of course, and part of that is having a, a rich community of safe supports and, um, you know, people who I can confide in and, and connect and collaborate with. And have loved ones in my life and to have all of these things, but what it allows me to do and how it allows me to show up for my day is so much more important than what's in my bank account or what, you know, clothes are hanging in my closet or things like that. And and I think that's really it's just about the perspective that you gain over time. I, I I really think that's what it's been for me. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. because I feel like I've heard I've heard this before that a doctor who had all the things, I mean, a job that pays really, really well. I mean, they could go travel wherever they wanted to and be comfortable. He had the family and all that, but just really wasn't truly happy and looking at, OK, well, was he successful and i guess it just it just does depend on his definition of success because we each have individual definitions but i guess we can have an opinion of of his situation and saying oh if i were in his situation would i be successful and so i think it really is important with those with those perspective shifts i mean it's just it's just crazy to me too because i just I see sometimes homeless people on the streets in in the city of New Orleans where I lived and they have a sign sometimes. There's this one homeless man where I go and pass every single time I drive home whenever I visit and he has a sign that says smile. And he's literally just, I mean, he has the biggest smile on his face and he literally only has a backpack. And, And that to me just really does kind of, tug a pull some strings at my heart because I'm like wow we have the car we have the house and some people are still so sad mm-hmm. you know yeah and and so I think
0: you know I talk a lot about the external uh, markers versus the internal markers and in all of my years of working especially in my coaching business and and hearing stories because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of um, executives who have been very successful, but there's mm-hmm. still this lack of fulfillment, this lack of joy and meaning in what it is that they're doing. And I find that there's a very common path to where they've landed when they show up to work with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something like this. There's kind of a, a a similar gist to this story where it's like they they're in high school and they know all right. Everyone's asking, what are you doing when you graduate high school? Right. What are you going to do? What's next for you? And even more recently, it's almost implied which college are you going to or which, you know, training program or a certificate program are you entering after high school? Right. And so you you've go down that path and then even when you're in college or you're in that you know advanced training program as you near the end of that again you get a whole other slew of questions of what are you going to do now what what's next for you where are you going to be working right and so there are these external cues telling us okay i need to be thinking about my job now i need to make sure my job reaches some type of status or or meets the expectation Of the people in my environment, you know, who are asking, all the while, you know, you're expected to then move up that hierarchy within that industry where you're working. And sometimes that requires more advanced education and training while simultaneously finding that life partner, deciding, you know, where you're going to settle down in this world whether or not you're going to have the 1.93 children that the average American family has today, and then feel really happy that you've been able to check all of those boxes. And so when my clients show up in my office, right, or my virtual office, and they say, yeah, I checked all these boxes. And I did this because I believed That's what was going to lead me to some type of fulfillment. And so now here I am, but yet I'm still wondering, like, what the heck am I doing? And, you know, I went and did the things that everyone thought I should do. My parents told me I should be a doctor, right? I had to choose, be a doctor or be a lawyer. So I became a doctor. And here I am, like, feeling uninspired. And yeah, it's hard for me to get out of bed in the morning and to show up being who I'm supposed to be because it's really not authentic with me. And that's because the whole direction, the compass really was based off of external cues and markers that were representing someone else's value system, mm-hmm. not the one that was sort of buried within within you. And and that's what I find. I find you know, the values, the priorities are within us. They're often just buried underneath all of these things that we've been telling ourselves we have to do or we feel obligated to do in order to meet this expectation that we've committed to in our mind.
1: Mm, that is so powerful to think back on because I think values is so overlooked sometimes. And it's often just stopping and reflecting on them because am I correct when I say our values can change over time? Absolutely. 100%. And and I think that's, that is a mindset
0: block too, right? I'll ask clients like, so what are your, your top three or four values, right? And they'll come up with the words that they really admire. You can go on Pinterest or you can, wherever you find a list of values. Brene Brown is great with this too. You see this list of attractive words. It's like, oh yeah, you know, I want to be ambitious. You know, of course my faith is important to me and my family. How can I not put my family on there? You know, well, whatever you see where I'm, where I'm going with this. And, but then it, it's like, but do you actually live according to these values? right? Because your values guide your decision making. They guide how you walk through your day. They guide how you interact with other people. They, they guide how you spend your money, right? And that becomes a really difficult admission at times because while we want to be living according to certain values, we also have to acknowledge right now I'm not. That doesn't mean we can't live according to the values that we aspire to live according to, but we also have to own how, what are we living according to? I had a client who had a really difficult time realizing one of her values was acceptance. You know, where a lot of times her decisions, the way she spent money, how she prioritized things in her life were about seeking acceptance, you know, trying to create that sense of belonging in her life. And while it was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that kind of a reaction. It was also like, okay, but let's now let's go a little bit deeper and understand what is this grounded in here? Because if we can get what your current lifestyle and value is grounded in, that's going to give us a lot of access to create a new pattern where we're able to live According to the values that really are important to you. And typically, those initial values that we see are like fear based responses, right? Even as much as we emulate the family value system that we grew up in, because we may be afraid of offending or feeling as though we're insulting our family because we're shifting our values now in our. And that's what I mean. There's obligation sometimes. Yeah. We feel obligated.
1: Yeah. I think there could be a little bit of guilt towards that. If you are kind of shifting and changing and you almost want to hide that part of yourself who is becoming a new person because you don't want to offend anybody in your family or your close friend group. And Yeah, so that's definitely important to consider. Yeah, yeah. So I would love to know how we can create our own definitions for success.
0: Mm -hmm. So it, it starts with becoming aware of the values that are important to you. When we're living according to our true core values, we are creating fulfillment. We're creating meaning in our life. And when we have that meaning, I mean, think about it. When you do meaningful work, right? It almost doesn't feel like work, right? Your your passion is fueling that energy and that motivation, that tenacity to stay with something, to see it all the way through. So it starts with getting really clear and honest with self.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think... That is really, really important and can be really hard to ask those deeper questions. And do you find that people complicate it more than it needs to be? Yeah. So there's a
0: few blocks here and, you know, this is transitioning a little bit into the limiting beliefs, right? So when I see a client over complicating something that really is super simple to me it's like the red flag going off like there's a limiting belief in here somewhere because that limiting belief then perpetuates this idea that whatever the circumstance is whatever the reason or explanation is that the client's giving me as to why they are you know they can't move forward or they can't accept Whatever self-discovery they're on the brink of making here, that is their way of justifying that the circumstance then is the block to them moving forward. And it prevents them from taking responsibility of what they do have control over to then work through that circumstance, right? So I say all the time, like, we have to control the controllables here, release the rest, if you want to get to the other side of this, whatever the circumstance is, we understand there is a solution to this problem. We just have to be invested in finding the solution, not finding a problem with every solution that we brainstorm. And that's, that's the mindset shift right there. It's like, if you really want what's on the other side of this, then we have to be committed to identifying the solutions, not with all of the problems that could come up. With implementing these different solutions. The other thing is, I see a lot is clients exaggerating the significance of of a specific problem or challenge that they're going through. They make it way bigger than it is. And really, what that does is it depletes their emotional bandwidth. Right? So all of a sudden, you know, this is. This is a big problem that they're talking about all the time with different people. They just keep fixating on the one problem, making it bigger. They're not focused on finding the solution. They're just talking about what the problem has presented or has done to them, right? Oh, So now that this has happened, now this is going to set me back a week. Now this is, it's like, okay, Let's, let's keep it in motion. Let's keep moving forward here. But all of that talking, all of the time, energy, resources spent on that small little problem naturally makes it feel better. And, you know, I mean, we've all had intense conversations and you feel wiped afterwards. And so then you've got no energy left to actually do the, the brainstorming and the problem solving and the execution because you've spent it on all of the venting and the fixating and the victimizing.
1: Thank you for sharing that. And is there one particular question that you ask your clients to help them discover their values? I walk them
0: through a values exercise, actually, just to help. And I'll normalize. I'll say exactly what I said here. You know, there's there's a really fancy list of values that I'm going to give you. And i I want you to first go through and highlight your top 10 and you're going to want to choose all of them because they all are, you know, they're all favorable qualities, but really I want you to think about how, you know, they resonate with you. And, and so I walk them through this activity to, to help them identify their values and then narrow down that list of 10 down to three or four. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a full process that we go through.
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And then I think too it would be helpful if once you have those values, how do you live according to them? So what kind of actions are you going to do? What are you going to do today to align yourself closer to those values? Yeah. So we talk
0: about what does it really look like when you're living according to a high value of health, right? So what does that look like? And you know believe it or not, for a lot of people when they're when they're realizing what their true values are, they then have a hard time identifying like what their lifestyle would look like according to those values and so I think a really helpful tip here, and hopefully this is helpful to your listeners, is to think about who in your world do you know. That really does actualize their lifestyle according to you know health, for instance, right? And what does their lifestyle look like? You know what what is you know what are things that you see them doing on a regular basis? What are things that they have in their life that support this value for health? What is their energy like? What is their attitude like? You know when they walk into a room, what is their demeanor like? Right? Um, because all of that is connected. Right. So I will give them a lot of prompts to help them get really, really specific um, so that then they have a whole list of ideas that we then narrow down to just one or two things to start applying as part of their action plan to to develop routines and rituals that support the the values that they want to start living according to.
1: When I first moved to Colorado Springs, the one thing that I knew for sure I was missing was that sense of community and Mm -hmm. connection. So that's something that I have been working extremely hard towards to feel like I have or just become a part of something more than just myself here and starting to build that second home here. So I think it is really important to make sure that everything is in alignment. What do you need to adjust or improve on. So thank you for sharing. I would love to dive into the mindset blockages. So what would you say are the top three mindset blockages you see while working with your clients? And then what sort of tools do you give to help shift those mindset blockages?
0: Yeah. So really, you know, when I listen carefully to how a client is presenting their, you know, the, the circumstance or the scenario to me that has got them stuck or is preventing them from moving forward. Right. And I introduce a way of reframing or really flipping what they're saying. Right. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who was feeling micromanaged in their life, was feeling a level of dependence in a lot of her relationships and things. And so in one scenario, she said to me, you know, this person, this woman, she kept questioning me. And this was that her perception of being questioned was triggering a very defensive response, right? And the defensive behavior was a major block to her moving forward in her leadership. It was really impacting the relationship she was cultivating with her team It was affecting um, her being seen as an approachable and credible leader in her position. And so when she said that, she just keeps questioning me. I stopped her and I said, was she questioning you or was she asking you a question? And we sat in Mm -hmm. silence for a few minutes, right? And she said, well, she was just asking a question. And I said, okay. Now we need to lean into this a little bit here, because your instinct is to interpret that as you're being questioned, which triggers the defensive behavior, which is then what creates the tension in your professional relationships. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was such a big discovery. Right. Then we had to talk about, well, how do you want to be perceived, right, by your team. And so then what type of response, verbally, non-verbally, do you want to give when someone comes and asks you a question? And inside, you know, what is that, what is being triggered here when you are being asked a question, why is it that it's creating this feeling of inadequacy? where you then want to justify or explain or defend your position, right? So Mm -hmm. we really need to get to this piece of why is it difficult for you to stand in your authority as a leader, right? Mm -hmm. And that self-discovery really helps then interrupt the behavior pattern, the current behavior pattern. And we have the opportunity to realign to how she wants to be perceived and how she really wants to be able to manage those interactions. Right. But it starts with just flipping one interpretation Mm -hmm. and it's very, very powerful.
1: Yeah. The words that we tell ourselves are, have more power than we may actually realize. And and even just the stories that we have in our minds, like with an example with the client that you gave, she was saying, why are you questioning, why is she questioning me? And even that question, like why has kind of a, I guess a victim mode mode to it a little bit. Well, it identifies a limiting belief, right? It identifies
0: the belief of when someone questions or asks a question, you feel as though they're doubting, right, your credibility or your your leadership or the information that you're conveying or communicating, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so then you feel as though you have to overcompensate for that. So So, but first it's that belief of obviously they don't believe in me or they're doubting me or maybe I'm even doubting myself now because they've asked a question, we need to we need to go into that limiting belief to rewrite that. And I, I love when you use the word story. I use the word story too when we talk about limiting beliefs because they that's what they really are. Um, a good way of uh, uncovering a story is to ask yourself if that is a universal truth. right? So so I had a client recently she's really working on implementing, these new routines in her life and she said something to me about like not having the time um, because she's been preoccupied with some other projects and you know because we're all super busy but I said to her okay so what's to say though that there isn't someone else out there who's got a a really busy schedule and is is managing multiple projects and yet still found the time to do what they said was important to them, right? So do you think there's anyone out there who's living that lifestyle? And she said, oh, yeah, 100%. I've got, you know, in my mastermind, I've got a whole community of them. I'm like, okay. So then it's not really about the fact that you've got multiple projects that you're managing here. That's the story you're telling yourself. Why have you really avoided, right? So here's the block, the avoidance. Right. Why have you avoided doing what it was that you said you were going to do? Right. And here we're, we're tapping into whatever's making her uncomfortable. Right. Which is that yeah. I actually have to put limits in my lifestyle on things that I have never had limits or boundaries with before. And that makes me uncomfortable in order to actualize this routine, I need to identify limits and boundaries for my time and my resources. And that is scaring the crap out of me, right? Okay. Well, we need to break this down because now you've just made this process of setting limits and boundaries so intimidating and so overwhelming to the point where it's paralyzed
1: you. Yeah, that's a great example. I mean just hearing that it just reminds me of just the amount of times that I have avoided things that, that scared me the most. But even, even when I was scared, I never regretted trying them after afterwards because it made me grow. It made me learn new things about myself and about the world. And I think just tapping into that fear and practicing doing the things, even when you're scared, it it really does, it allows fear not to control you and, and you take the front seat instead of fear just driving you all around and making all the decisions for you. If you are stuck in all these blockages, then you're not going to reach the fulfillment that you're looking for. You're not gonna reach that definition of success. So it really is important to shift the blockages
0: yeah and I I think there's there's two things that are coming to mind with what you were just saying that also speak to you know additional examples of of mindset blocks that come up. One of them is around this idea of how we negotiate. We begin to take we we begin to negotiate what we say is important to us because we're aware of the potential risk in front of us, right? So it's like, "Oh, well, I don't know, this this is feeling like, what if the, the worst case scenario happens? The best advice I can give to your listeners is to really quantify what is the worst case scenario. Because all of a sudden, once we say that worst case scenario aloud, it it really isn't that bad of an outcome, right? It's like, okay, so if I go and invest in this coaching program and I I don't, I don't get everything out of it that I had hoped to get out of it. Well, we never get everything out of something, right? It's like, okay, so do you think that you're going to get value out of that to keep moving you forward, right? It goes back to how we started this interview with identifying personal growth and personal development is a process. It's not an event. Right. So what's to say that that material that you're learning is not going to resonate with you for years and years and years as you continue advancing and developing on whatever path you're on. So we try to go into these two categories of where it's like it's either we're going to get everything out of it or we're going to get nothing out of it. That's not true. You're going to invest in this coaching program and you are going to get value. You also have to take responsibility for your part of the process, which is for you to get value. You also have to invest your time and you have to be present and do all of the exercises that are part of the program, right? Now, that's typically where the block is. It's like, okay, can I really do this? You know, it's that belief in self. That's why I believe our mindset has to be strong for anything positive and sustainable to happen. It really does. It starts in in our minds. The other thing I was thinking about was, you know, the minute that we, we have this list of things that we say we're going to do to keep us on track and probably some of our routine includes things that, aren't our favorite things to do, but we know we need to do them. I'll give you an example for me. I don't love working out. I really don't. I don't love exercise. Um, My husband and I talk about this all the time, but I literally do it every day, like seven days a week. I do it. And even though there is on some days, there's like this kind of like nag, like, oh, Can I just find a time later on to do this? I don't have to get up right now and do it. And, oh, and that's the beginning of the mental shortcut there. You have to stay disciplined there because I can tell you without fail, a hundred percent of the time, I never regret the workout once it's done because it's not, it's not about physical health or anything like that for me. It's about what it does for me with regard to stress management with regards to um, tapping into a creative process at times, right? And I know that I need space for that. And yes, I love to feel strong and capable too. That comes from it. But in terms of stress management, it's an absolute. It is something I need in my life. And that's why I have a very, it's almost like a very rigid routine in the morning that now is just automated, because it sets me up to have a very different day than if I were to not have that routine. I can say that 100%. Oh,
1: yeah. It's, it is so worth it to have a, a little bit of structure in the morning that you can control. And even, even at night before bed, you have those, those times that you have control over, And even if it's just waking up a little bit extra early in the morning to have that time, it's so worth it.
0: It it is. It is.
1: Yes. Okay. so I would love to know where can listeners connect with you? Great question.
0: So I've actually created a special gift for your listeners, which they can find on my website. Uh, It is HeidiGroos.com. So again, it rhymes with Seuss, but it's spelled differently. It's G-R-U-S-S. And when they go to HeidiGroos.com forward slash gifts, they're going to find a short video jam-packed with strategies to offset burnout. Because I know, again, I want to keep your listeners in motion towards their goals without feeling the burden of the process, right? So I think they're really going to enjoy this short video that I created
1: Well, thank you so much for that generous gift. And I will definitely have to check that out too, because I know the the feeling of burnout, it is sure real. And, and it's sometimes it feels like it's never going to go away, but it's definitely, you have to be able to recognize it and manage it. Yeah. Ground yourself again, because it can definitely feel shaky. Yeah. So thank you so much for that. And I'll definitely leave, leave your link in the description box so that well, the show notes so that everybody can just go and click it easily. Now, I would love to know. This is my signature question. I ask all of my guests. It is, what does it mean to blissfully bloom? So, when I think of blissful, I,
0: I imagine joy and ease. Those are those are the words that come to mind, right? So, I interpret a blissful bloom um in the context of personal development as a very natural beautiful process that's free from judgment and expectation
1: i love it i love it thank you so much for sharing your definition and thank you for coming on the show today i had such a wonderful time speaking with you today and i'm just so grateful that you have decided to come on the show today so thank you so much heidi
0: You're welcome and thank you. This is, this has been a pleasure.
1: Thank you.